Hi, you guys, and welcome back to Talking Smack Pod. I am so excited for this episode with Blaze Lloyd, the owner of Lashivo. She is incredible, and I loved talking to her about her mindset and the business that she's created and, you know, some of the things that are hard in business and how to not compare yourself to others and how to understand that you can create the business or life that you want. You just have to believe you can and stay disciplined. So without further ado, we will get right into the pod. Back in town on a red eye Baby, don't make me wait Body like, uh, uh Been a long while And I just want to taste Let's be alone I put it down When I come Hi, you guys, and welcome back to Talking Smack Pod. I am so excited to have Blaze of Lashivo here, and I cannot wait to ask her all the million questions I have for her. But we're going to start at the beginning. What got you into the lash industry in the beginning, and what made you decide to open a salon and start a product line? Well, I started pretty young in the lash industry. I started at 16. And I had begged my parents to let me get eyelash extensions for my 16th birthday. And I was like, I will clean the house every single day. Just please let me try them. And I got them done and I was obsessed. I loved the way they look. I loved the way they felt. Um, And I was also just so blown away at the fact that I had paid someone $200 for, I got a classic set and it was like an hour. So I was like, that's a lot of money. I love the experience. And when I got them done, all my friends started asking me, like, where did you get them done? They all wanted them done. And I just kind of saw it as an opportunity to be like, I think I could do this. Like, I think I could do my friend's lashes. And it doesn't seem that hard. Like, I really want to learn. So that was kind of what started my interest in the lash industry. From there, um, there wasn't really a school where I lived that I could get my course or my certificate from. So I started begging the lash artist that I went to to train me. And she was like, kind of just started training, but not really. And she didn't want to train me because I was 16, which makes sense. And so I begged her and begged her and begged her. And I just kind of kept offering her more and more money until eventually when I got to $1,600, she was like, all right, fine, I'll train you. And then I was like, wait, I just offered this girl $1,600. Okay, this is real. And I had only had like $1,600 in my bank account because that was the money that I had saved up from working at Superstore um, for my car. So my plan was I turned 16 and I'm going to purchase my first car and that's going to be that. Then I turned 16, got the lash extensions, didn't buy the car yet and was like, no, more than a car. I need to be a lash artist. Like I am dying for this. So I kind of talked to my parents about it. I was like, what do you think about me being a lash artist? And they're like, yeah, we don't even know what that is. I don't think it's a good idea. I think wait. And then later on, you can look into it. And as soon as they said that, my parents know it's kind of like a running joke in my family where if you tell me no or like maybe wait, I'm doing it that second. So as soon as I said no, I contacted her. I e-transferred, the, e-transferred her the money and I took the course that weekend. So I took the course that weekend and I was horrible at it. It was really, really, really bad. Um, And my parents were like, they, they weren't really sure about it. And so even though I was super bad at it, I'm like, if there's one thing that I know is that my parents can't be right and I need to get good at this and at least make my money back. And then once I make my money back, 
my parents can't be mad at me and they can't say I told you so. So I just started like doing every single person's lashes that I could find. Like I would be at the grocery store and just find someone and be like, hey, I know this is weird, but I like need to do your lashes and practice. Can you let me? And they'd say, sure. Or I'd post in Facebook groups. Like if there was a single person that lived in my city that would let me lash them, I probably lashed them. And it was all for like free or 50 bucks, 20 bucks. I just said like, whatever you'll give me for money, I don't even care. I just need to lash you and get better. And once I started doing that, things started rolling pretty quick. And actually, my first month of lashing, I made back the $1,600, which I know doesn't happen for everyone. But for me, like like I said, people would just like tip me $20, $30. And I was doing someone at any single point that I could. And then when I made back the $1,600 in, in my first month, I was like, wait a minute. This is kind of crazy. My entire life savings, my birthday money, my Christmas money, my three years at Superstore, I just made back in one month. And I actually kind of have a clientele because those people that I did for free ended up booking back in with me. And I mean, they didn't end, those clients didn't end up staying with me for like a super long time because they were the clients that didn't overly care about their lashes. But at the end of the day, like, I do think that you need different clients at different points in your career as a lash artist. And at that point, I didn't need the high-end clientele. I just needed the people that were like going to come in not care what I did on them and let me practice. And that's what they kind of were. So yeah, at the end of my first month, I had like a decent clientele and it was pretty helpful that I was in high school because, you know, there's hundreds of girls that all want their lashes done. So I would just like literally be sitting in class, like instead of passing notes, I was passing my business card being like, come to my house on your break. I'll do your lashes. And things just kind of got started. So that was how I started lashing. Um, and things for me really started rolling pretty quick just based on kind of that strategy that I did. And then I was fully booked in about a year. And like I said, I wasn't making a lot of money. I was I was running a lot of things in my business wrong, but I was pretty booked. And I was making a decent amount of money. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, okay, I've done pretty, I've done like three price raises. I don't really feel like I need to be charging more where could this go? What do I see, you know, happening? And that's when I started to think about the idea of employees. And my first employee was a girl that was at my high school. She was a girl that had taken the course. I reached out to her and I'm like, I don't have a space, but do you want to work from my house? And so we'd actually trade off. And when I was at school, she would lash from my lash room in my parents' house. And then when I was home, I would do it. And we kind of shared this like spare bedroom in my parents' house, which was pretty funny. It was definitely illegal. She was not a real employee. I was, you know, paying her money under the table, but it, it started to work out. And then my parents started going like, okay, uh, this is crazy. Like there's clients at our house at 6am because I would do two clients before I started school. So a 6am and a 715 client. And then I would do clients from usually like 3.30 until 12.15 at night. So my house had clients rolling at all hours of the day, pretty much 24-7. And my parents were supportive, but they were like, we're not getting any sleep. Um, what are some options here? And that's when I was like, there's no salons here for me to work from. Like, I have to work here, open a salon. And they were like, okay, like, what about opening a salon? And it was the first point where I was like, wait, like, I could do that? And they're like, I mean, yeah, like I, I think you could. And then as soon as like I got that idea in my head, I was like, all right, this is what I got to do. So I just started saving up as much money as I can, kind of went back to that grind phase because I was 
17 and a half at the time. So there's there's no credit cards. There's no line of credit. There's no nothing. And my parents are amazing, but they also have like they're not someone that's like, here's money, pay us back. They're very much so like we'll support you emotionally. We'll be there at the grand opening, but not necessarily um, in a monetary way which I am pretty grateful for because I think it just like sometimes you need that hard love and you need to rely on yourself and not other people. So I just started saving up and then I had saved up um, enough money. I think I had like 25,000 and I was like, all right, I think I can like fit out a salon and, and kind of go from there. So I started talking to realtors and it was pretty funny because when I first started talking to realtors, I'm like, yeah, I want this. I want this. I want this. Here's my business plan. And they're like, are you joking? Like you're 17. You you like, you can't really, I don't know if you can even sign a commercial lease. And I'm like, no, like I can, I will have a co-signer. I'll have two co-signers. My parents will do that for me. If you need, I have the cash in hand. I got my business plan and they actually made me create a 125 page business plan plan in order to get my space but I did it was crazy I mean the business plan that they wanted me to do was like this thick but I was like at this point I'm in this mentality of like I will do anything and if you tell me again if you tell me I can't lease here I will do anything in my power to make it so that you have to let me lease here so I started just doing the business plan saving up the money and my parents were amazing and they were they co-signed for me And when I showed the landlord, because they didn't want me to do it. And when I showed them the numbers, they're like, this girl is making more than Pizza Hut next door from her parents' bedroom. Like, I don't think we can say no. And uh, yeah, and then that was kind of how the salon opened. They let me do it. And and it was just full force from there, um, working with employees, trying to get them going and kind of stepping into the real world of like, okay, this isn't your parents' bed. Um, This isn't your parents' spare bedroom. You have to pay taxes. You have to actually be an employer now. You need to make sure that you're doing this legally and insurance and kind of all of those things. And that was really how the salon was born. I feel like this is a really long story, but that was how the salon was born. And and then once things were like under control there, I kind of had that hunger again where I was like, okay, the salon's doing good. Like, I feel like I, you know, I'm managing well. I feel like the employees are well, like what do I see next? Do I see kind of franchising and doing more salons or, or what do I see? And at the time I, I liked the products that I was using, but I just didn't like, there was quite a few things that I wanted to change. And I had a pretty good connection with a a product developer and I was talking about different things. And this connection was like, you know, like you could create a, a lash brand and, and it would be really cool. And like, you can do all of those things and make it different. And then again, as soon as I had that idea in my head, I'm like, here we go. We're going all out with this. And that was how I guess Lash Evo was born was just kind of from that idea. And since then it's just, now that's my main focus is just kind of growing that baby. So I guess that's a really long story of then to now with a couple pieces thrown in there, but yeah, it's, it's been crazy, but really good. I love that. Well, I love hearing the whole story because you can tell how strong your mindset had to be to make all of that happen. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. And a lot of students that I've worked with is they have this doubt and they have this, you know, like, oh, well, if this doesn't work, I can always go back to my nine to five. Or if this doesn't work, I'm always going to do that. And for me, that was the same thing. I was like, there's no plan B. Like, I'm going to make this happen along the way. Stay 
in that strong mindset other than, you know, your parents support, were there any books or podcasts or were you just naturally just born that way of, you know, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure it out. Um, I feel like 50, 50. I do feel like I've always like, since I was really little, I've always been a daredevil and you know, like if people say go right, I go left. And so it's a good thing that I never did any drugs or anything because I don't know if that would have turned out too well. But I've just always kind of been like everyone, like I remember being a little kid and people would be like going down the water slide slow and I would be like jumping head first. And my parents were like, oh my God, don't do that. So I feel like I would say, you know, 20, 30% that, but nobody wakes up every day motivated. There's obviously days where I doubt myself and I'm like, mm okay, am I in too deep? Like what's happening right now? So um, I feel like you you always have to work on mindset no matter like what you're born with and who you are naturally. So I do love podcasts and it's pretty funny because like most mornings when I wake up and I'm doing my makeup, I literally have like a Gary V or there's a, I think it's called Motivational University. And it's like this guy, you've probably heard it just like screaming. And so some days when I'm just not feeling motivated, I have my speaker on loud and I'm doing my makeup and it's someone screaming at me like, you will be successful. <laughs> and sometimes you just need that, right? So I feel like I will use that in the mornings for the days where I'm just like, I'm not feeling it. And I need someone to scream at me. And I'm really big on goals. So I have like a whiteboard in my room of all the goals that I'm working on. I review them every single morning. um, And I constantly look at them because I just feel like when they're not front and center, it's easy to lose sight of them. And goals are exciting. And what's even more exciting is when you achieve goals. So I'm constantly trying to like look at my goals. And if I feel in a slump where I'm like, just feel like I'm not doing anything and nothing's moving, I'll create smaller goals and be like, okay, instead of doing, instead of reaching, like, let's just say it was a monetary goal. Instead of reaching an extra $10,000 a month, let's just try and make 1,000 more because 1,000 more is still better than being the exact same as last month. And then the month goes by and you reach 1,000 and it's like, okay, I did that. Well, maybe I don't need to make 10,000 more this month. Maybe I can just keep making $1,000 more and then I'm going to be at 10,000 and not that long. So I find just like really working with my goals and kind of tapping into that to help with my mindset is pretty big for me. And then I guess the other thing with, with mindset is activity. I'm not a big gym person. I don't love going to the gym, but I do go to like hot yoga pretty frequently. And I find just exercising and taking like an hour a day to just like like relax or do some sort of physical activity does really help because otherwise I feel like I could just like sit in a chair and vibrate all day of like this is what I need to do I'm not enough no I'm doing really good no I suck over here wait no I actually think I'm like doing way better than people at my age like you know it's just all over so I guess kind of like those those are my things that I kind of do what about you do you have any things that you do for mindset I, I'm the same way. I'm I'm very goal driven, and I have a whiteboard. I have sticky notes behind me. This is I'm at my office at the shop, and like when I'm at home, I have an office there as well, and I have a poster board, and it's like a vision board. But one thing that I listened to on a podcast, it was talking about how like I used to have like these post-it notes on my mirror in my bathroom, and um, it had my goals on them, and you know like your weight goals or your workout goals, your step count goals, your money goals with your work goals or how many new students am I going to have in this month? Or, you know, how many online course sales am I going to make? But 
this podcast was saying that your brain gets used to those sticky notes being in one place. And while they can be good after three days, your brain starts to block it out. And so moving those sticky notes, even if it's three inches to the right, it's something new to your brain and it's stimulating again. And so that's something I've been trying to do. And even if it's like, I have my whiteboard, I have my goal, I'll write it in a different spot the next day and, you know, erase it or three days later, try and continue to do that to try and keep staying stimulated but same thing I have books that I read I agree with you I think working out has helped me more than anything else more than any book more than any um podcast that I've listened to just going and doing something for myself and I'm the same way I'm like I don't want to go most of the times (laughs) but you know going at least four days a week I'm like I feel sane and I notice the weeks that I don't go as often or don't go at all because things get too busy. I don't make time. I notice that I have more brain fog. I notice that I'm slower. I'm not as creative. I'm not on top of it. And I just, I feel better. Even if it's like you said, doing something like hot yoga or every week I go on a four mile walk with a couple other business owners in the area and even just walking like our mailman is my favorite person. He has a walking route and he, you know, will come in and chat with us. And he said he started his walking route and within two months he lost 30 pounds just from walking. He said, I don't work out and he looks amazing. And so it's like, if you can get your steps in and start with five minutes, start with 10 minutes. And I think that's something with goal setting. If you, I am such an all or nothing person. I'm like, I need to go to the gym for an hour every single day. And then if I don't do it, I'm like, well, I better not just go. I'm not going to go all week then. Or if I can only go for 30 minutes, I'm like, well, might as well not even go because it's not an hour. But it's like, start with those smaller goals. Like you said, like the thousand dollars, eventually you're going to get to that 10K you know, point or whatever that goal is. It's the same thing with like working out or doing something for your mind. Okay, I'm going to sit down for five minutes and read this book. I don't need to start with 10 chapters or like get it all done. Just start somewhere because it's going to help you compound those goals moving forward. 100%. There's that book. You've probably read it, uh, Atomic Habits, where it always talks about just like 1% better is like the best way to improve goals and keep being better because you can't just go from, you know, like you can't just go from waking up at 10 a.m. every day to like now I wake up at 5 a.m. No problem every single day. Like you could do that for a week and then it's going to fall off. So like, you know, doing the small increments, small increments is so much better. And when you're an all or nothing person like you and I, it is hard to do that because you're like, no, I need it all right now or I'm not doing any of it. But um, it's something that I've been trying to work on. And I do find that it works way better when you just kind of like take the stress off and do like, okay, just need a little bit more, like just be better than yesterday. And I find that it's much more like maintainable. I totally agree. Yes, that book is one of my favorite books. I have a book list that is on my website. So if anyone listening, if you want to DM me books, you're going to get a list of all the books that I've read and loved. And that one is on there. And I've also read um, the one by Jen Sincero. I don't even know if I say her name correctly, but it's it's called Badass Habits. And it's literally the same thing. So it depends on what kind of like writing style you like. Hers is a little more like humor based, whereas I feel like James Clear is very like, here's the facts. Um, but I loved both of them. And I, I, I think your habits create your life, your thoughts create your life. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I struggled with it. I don't know if you ever went through any periods of time or like you said, you know, you're not going to wake up motivated every single day, but was there any, ever any point where you're like, why am I doing this? Or <laughs> did you ever have any doubts that you had to overcome or, you know, 
problems that came up that you were like, oh, we gotta, we gotta get through this or I'm done. <laughs> and obviously yeah. you continued to work through things and, you know, have built the incredible business that you have today. Yeah. I always like joke to people around me where I'm like, my business is kind of bipolar um, in a sense that, I, and I think just like a lot of startups, like I had it, I, I had the idea in my head that like, you're always in business. If you are doing things right, you should always have like linear success. It's going to go straight up a little bit more. And this is the way it's going to be. And that was just what I thought because I'm like, I, you know, how would it not be like that? And then there's been times where I'm like, wait a minute. I like our sales are down 36% this month. I'm doing everything the same. I'm posting the same. Everyone is telling me that they're obsessed with our products. What is going on? And you know, I'm like panicking. I'm like damning people like, Hey, why haven't you ordered in a while? And they're like, Oh, like, I just bought too much, you know, two months ago, like nothing's going wrong. And in those moments, I'm like full panicking. And it's hard because you're like, you you get accustomed to something. And I think that's also another thing that I've had to get used to is that you can't get accustomed to a certain anything, a certain, you know, like amount of clients coming into your salon, a certain amount of money that you're making a month, because it's not going to be the same. And it's not always going to go up. I mean, over a long period of time, yes, it absolutely should. But it's hard when you're working from month to month or even quarter to quarter because you always expect it to be going straight up and expect like every single thing and every single aspect when it comes to like, you know, you're always going to have more employees coming in. You're always going to have new products coming out. You're always going to have more courses. And then all of a sudden when something isn't going straight up, I find that I like panic or I think like I'm not doing good. I'm like not the best person to be running this company. I don't think that I should be the CEO because if I was like everything would be going straight up. And so that's been something that I've really had to kind of like work on mentally um, and try and understand for me personally is that no business is just always completely straight up. And a good professional, a good CEO, a good you know business owner will be able to, t to take a step back and look at the whole picture and either identify, you know, looking at the whole picture and identify early on, like, okay, why is it that this specific thing is not working? Or why is it this is happening and make those small changes without panicking? Because when you panic, things just go way, way, way more south. So I think, um, yeah, that's been something that I've really been working on lately is just kind of identifying, you know, why is this happening? And it's okay to not every single month have a new employee and to not every single month be launching a new course and instead to kind of look at it in the bigger picture and where do you see the company going and where do you want this to be long-term? Um, so I would say for sure that's like been a, a big part of my life recently. Um, and just like not comparing yourself to others. I mean, I feel like a lot of people compare themselves to me and even I find that hard because I'm like, you have to remember, like there's been times where I've been at, I don't want to say like my very worst, but definitely having a hard time, like you know, business-wise where I just like fired three employees and I'm like, I just like don't even want to go to work right now. Like I'm really struggling. And someone will come to me and be like, I would die to be you. And I kind of just sit there and I'm like, you like you wouldn't. And maybe it looks like that from the outside, but like you shouldn't want to die to be me right now. Like I feel like everything's crumbling on the inside. And it's not always like that, but I just think it's a good reminder that like just because and I know everyone says this, but just because you see someone doing really well on social media 
doesn't mean that, you know, they always have everything put together and everything is just on this like uphill scale and there's hundreds of more orders every single day and their salon is packed and they're doing seven figures. Like just as fast as things go really great for someone is just as fast as things can go really south for someone and everyone's on their own journey and all you, it's a balancing act and you have to figure out how do you balance what you want and how do you make your business work for you? Because how my business works for me is not going to work the same way that it works for every other person. And not everyone needs a massive business, right? Like sometimes that is not the best idea. And while I say that, I like often joke to my parents where I'm like, I would never change what I have right now. I'm so grateful and I'm so happy. And I am glad that I you know, chose to open a salon and do the product line. But I often think back to the times that I just like worked in my parents' spare bedroom and I'm like, that was, you know, the best time in my life. I had no employees. I had no payroll. I had like zero stress and I made pretty good money. I mean, yeah, it's different now because, you know, things, yeah, are different. But I'm like, that was like a good time in my life. So yeah, I just think you really have to be careful with social media and just understanding that everybody's path is different. And you have to repeat that to yourself all the time. Because even me, I compare myself to people, you know, all the time. I mean, I do too. And I think that's what's, you know, a good reminder that, hey, like we have crazy days too, where it's like, you definitely don't want to be me on that day. <laughs> like literally, I'm not joking. Two days ago, I was in bed crying to my boyfriend about how overwhelmed I was about certain things and how on social media, I was like, I'm a fraud. I was like, all these people see me on social media and they think, you know, this is amazing. And this is like this. And I'm always happy. And, you know, 99% of the time, you know, I have a positive outlook. I am good. But there are days like that where I'm like, I want to burn the business to the ground. I don't want to do this anymore. And exactly like you said, like I did the same exact thing. I worked out of my parents' kitchen. It was like a, there was a separate entrance and I was like, I had no responsibility. I just took care of myself and my clients. And it's a lot, like obviously the, the bigger your business gets, the bigger the stress, the more responsibility on your shoulders. And the more, the longer that I've been in the industry and had this business, the more I realized like, I don't want to do all the things. I want less responsibility. <laughs> I want to be able to delegate. I want to be able to, you know, do the things that I love doing. And I'm sure, you know, as you get bigger, it is easier to hire other people who are better than you at certain things or who can, you know, you don't have to package every single order. And that's how I felt when I opened the salon. I was like, I have to be the one vacuuming the space. It's like, no, <laughs> that is not the best use of my time. Um, but looking at that from the standpoint of, you know, anyone listening, just because you see someone's beautiful, sparkly life, on Instagram or social media, TikTok, whatever it is, wherever you see them, you're seeing the best parts. You're not necessarily seeing the behind the scenes. You're not seeing me crying in bed on a Tuesday night because I'm overwhelmed. You're not seeing Blaze thinking, oh, fuck, I just had to fire these three employees. And that doesn't feel good. Nobody wants to do that. But you know, the bigger the business gets, the more you have to do and you have to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations. And ultimately it is great because you grow from that and you learn from that. And me crying in bed on Tuesday was, you know, I'm like, I know I'm learning from this and I know I'm growing from this and I can help other people through these struggles. 
through these issues that I'm going through because they can avoid the mistakes that I've made. They can, you know, come out on the other end better, better off <laughs> and knowing more about, you know, the business and what they want to do and what they don't want to. Because I feel like a lot of the time as lash artists, it's like there's this perfect sparkly paved road that we're supposed to go down. We're supposed to, you know, start and have a solo space, hire employees, get into a space, start a product line. And so I was like, all right, that's what that's what I'm doing. And I don't know if you felt that way because it was like, oh, well, this just seems like the natural next step. Is there anything you would do? I mean, I know you said you wouldn't change anything and you love the business that you've built. Is there anything you would do differently or any advice for anyone listening if they're on the fence about owning a salon or starting a product line? Um, I'll start with so I guess my my <laughs> I'm like struggling right now to even think about salon. I love my salon um, for the team aspect. Like I was really lonely when I was working at home and I really like that aspect. But I think you have to really like, and with all business, like you can't let numbers come in the way. You really have to sit down and think to yourself, like, what do I want to do? Because personally for me, like as I've gotten older, I've realized like the salon is a lot of stress that doesn't necessarily feel like it's fulfilling me anymore. Um, and so, you know, I'm lucky that I have a great manager there and that things are going well there. But I think I, you have to really figure out like, what do you, what would make you happy? And not just because like a salon sounds like a great thing, um, because it is a lot more stress. So figuring out what do you want to do and having a long-term plan I think can be a good idea because for me, like I've always had more of like a, a one-year plan. I know I want to open the salon, but now as I've gotten older, I'm like, well, I always knew that I wanted to move from the city that I live in now. And I always knew that, but then I opened up a salon. So now, I mean, again, luckily everything's self-running now and, and I have a manager there, but that could be something that if you have a salon, now you can't really move from that place. And that wasn't something I really considered. So trying to you know, think short term when you're taking action, but think long term when you're making those big decisions is huge. And if I could, you know, give someone advice when starting a product line, if I could redo it all over, I would never create the Lashivo that it is today. I would start a brand with one single product because having a million SKUs is a nightmare. It is a huge, huge investment when it comes to inventory. And I've just seen so many, I mean, even my students, I, I teach the business master class and obviously we've included manufacturing in there. So I've been working one-on-one -on -one with a lot of students on, on helping them with their product line. And a lot of people think like I create lashes, tweezers and glue and everyone's going to buy it. And I had that same mentality and I'm very lucky that we were able to kind of do some pivots and do some unique things. And it was, but like the reality is, is that's not how it is for everyone. And that's like probably the hardest way that you could go at a product line. Whereas if you pick one product, you do the mold, you actually create something new. Like the people that do that have so much faster success, so much better success. It's so much easier to manage. And it's one product. Like that is a bajillion times easier than trying to create a brand that has lashes and tweezers and glue and pre-mates and everything else because there's already 10 million of them. And that's something that, you know, we're still working with is being innovative and creating new things. But yeah, if I were to redo it or if you want to be smart and actually like 
start a real brand, I would say pick one product, dive all in on it, make it perfect, make it something no one has ever seen. And I mean, it's like a 100% recipe that you will be successful, in my opinion, um, rather than doing the traditional route. Mm hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Product line was something that my mom was always like, my mom and dad, because they said the same things. They were like, is our lashes going to be like a fad? Like, are you sure you should be opening a salon? <laughs> like what's going on? Like, are you sure you want to drop out of college? And um, it was just so funny because then as they saw the numbers and everything pick up, they're like, you should start a product line. And I was like, nope. That was something I knew very clearly, like, nope, I do not want that stress. Because I, at that point, I had been to so many this was probably back in like 2017 to 2019 when I had been going to so many um, trade shows and I still, you know, I knew the brands, but I wasn't like, I had no following back then. And, you know, I was just friends with the other people who I knew from the booths or, you know, I would talk to or say hi to and just seeing the stress of the product line, like at Vegas and like all the madness of it and the just, Oh, I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> I was like, nope, no, thank you. Um, so that was the one thing that I knew. I was like, I could never do this. But, you know, the older I get, the more that I've been in this business, I'm like, oh, it would be fun to create a product. Like you said, one product for a different industry. Not necessarily, you know, too crazy, but like I think about alarm clocks that, you know, that go crazy or people who do things really well, like the Stanley cups, like exactly like you said, they have one product. I mean, obviously they have different colors and, you know, different variations of it or something, but it's, it's really fascinating to actually study other brands and see what they do marketing wise. And I know that's something that, you know, within the business masterclass you talk about, and it's, and I know it's closed for enrollment right now. So we're like hyping it up, but can you tell us a little bit about that course? And yeah. I know I'm in the course and I, it, it, it covers literally everything. And like, I just think, you know, it's such a good investment for someone who wants to create a successful business. Yeah, well, it's opening again January 1st. So I know it's a little bit of wait, but if anyone does want to um, check it out, it'll be open January 1st. And yeah, we kind of cover everything in it from uh, marketing, branding, salon ownership, how to create a product line. Um, we do some legal, HR, hiring, hiring employees, firing employees, basically like anything that I've ever learned. It's almost like my own little bible dictionary i don't know of videos of anything that i've ever learned we're always adding to it so i usually add um like usually every quarter 10 to 15 videos and we do monthly um group q a's so like if you ever have any questions or anything i go in there i answer them that way and it's basically just kind of like an online course and group where if you have any questions you kind of get me at your disposal to help you in any way shape or form I love that. Do you have anything you're excited for this holiday season with your business or anything fun that you're launching that's new? Um, well, we're actually like completely redoing online education, which I'm super excited for. And over the next 24 months, we're going to be launching 12 new courses. And um, the 12 new courses are ones that are not, I haven't personally seen them in the lash industry. Um, so all of them should be brand new, which I'm super, super excited for. I can't say too much, but I will say one of them that I'm like probably most excited for 
is a collab with an ophthalmologist. So it's going to be like a lash ophthalmology course, which I mean, you have to be careful with the wording there because you're not going to be an ophthalmologist when you take it. But um, you're essentially going to learn from a real ophthalmologist about everything with eye anatomy and basically like a super in-depth course with um, like allergies, irritations, eye infections, how to deal with them, anatomy and all that type of stuff, which I haven't seen in the lash industry. And I think that it's so important to know more than just like the function of eyelashes and know more than just extensions. So that's something I'm super, super excited for when um, it comes to the online education. And I also have just created a brand new mold product. So it'll be the second product that's completely, completely specific to Lashivo. And it's not in the industry. No one's ever seen it before, nothing like that. And um, that's going to be going into production at the very end of December. So I'm super, super excited for that because creating mold products just takes so long they're capital intensive. Um, it, it just takes a lot more than, you know, slapping a logo on some random products. So I'm really excited for those two things. But what are you excited for? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, this is my interview with you. Um, I'm excited for honestly, I, this is funny. It's not even business related. I'm just excited to spend the holidays with my family. And yeah. like, I feel like at this point in my business, I'm like, I want to I want to do less meaning I want to do more of the things that light me up and I'm excited about and that. less of the things that bring me stress or that I may not be good at. And that's where, you know, it comes down to hiring out or delegating different tasks to my team where they can step up and, you know, feel like a bigger part of the business. Um, but then work-wise, I think same thing, just continuing to serve the community. Like I think I get the most joy being able to hop on coaching calls and help people reimagine their social media strategy or how, you know, even just encouraging them about how to talk to their clients or how to build their clientele. And, um, but yeah, cause it's like, I know what that's like to struggle. And it's like, if I can help someone skip all of that and skip the stress of it, like I am down to pour into those people and, you know, give back. But yeah, I would just say continuing to build the community. I'm really excited next year for all the speaking engagements. I feel like if I could just speak every month and do that and go to those, um, you know, conferences, like that would be, that would be my thing. I think being around people brings me so much joy. And I feel like there are a lot of lash artists in Seattle, but not so much near me that I could just like create my own little thing. So I'm like, you got to go to California. You got to go around and you're in Canada, right? Yeah, in like the smallest city ever, middle of nowhere. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, it probably takes you forever to get to like LashCon and Vegas and stuff. Yeah, like LashCon, I think it took me um, like 17 hours. Oh my gosh. Is it just because of all the different like flights and delay, or not delays, but layovers that you have to have? Yeah, because where I live, we don't have like any direct flights besides to like Calgary, Toronto, and Vancouver in Canada. So if there's no direct flight, then we have to go from here to Calgary and then Calgary to usually like one other place, or sometimes you can get a direct flight to LA, but it depends. Like, um, like with my work schedule, sometimes I'm like, I need to leave this date at this time and there'll be like a, a layover or something. So it's not ideal, but you know, there's perks to living where I live and there's cons just like everywhere, I guess. Mm -hmm. If you were to move, where would you move? 
it's really hard, I guess, for me to say because um, a year ago, I was really thinking about moving to Florida. We're going to open up a U.S. warehouse soon. And so instead of being in Canada and managing the one here, I was going to go do that. Um, so that was my big plan. And then I got a boyfriend and he lives in Canada <laughs> and um, he will not be moving to the States um, for a while at least. And so I was like, um, kind of throws a wrench in my plan. So I think once he's done school, um, we'll probably like look at somewhere in Canada, but I, don't, I really don't know yet. For right now, I'm just kind of enjoying where I'm at and I've been traveling a lot, which is super fun. And um, yeah, I don't know, just kind of enjoying where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because I know that was something you said earlier in the podcast that you wanted to move, but because you had your salon where it was. And that was something like I dealt with too, because I'm 25 minutes north of downtown Seattle. And I've always been like, oh, I want to do like a year in Seattle. But even being 25 to 30 minutes away from the salon, when there have been times where one of the girls are like, oh, the bottom lock is locked. And we have like a keypad and that one is supposed to remain unlocked. And like, I have to get out of bed and like run to the shop to bring my key in. And like little things like that, where I'm like, well, I can't really be that far. Or even if I wanted to move to California or Florida or something, it's like that, you know, getting to the point where you're at, where it's self-sufficient and running without you. And it's like my business still very much the salon needs me here. So that is also something I'm looking forward to is just like continuing to pass off tasks where I'm not needed in the business. And that is such a freeing feeling. Oh, I know. We're still not completely there yet. But every single time they are able to pass off like, you know, one more thing, it feels so good. And um, yeah, it's like, okay, okay, I think I can actually do this. I think I can make it through this busy time because at one point, everything will be covered. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Well, I had so much fun talking to you. I feel like this is such a good episode for you guys listening. Don't forget to take a screenshot wherever you listen and take us both and post on stories. But do you have any like last little bits of advice for anyone listening now? Advice that I would give is... I think like it's so cliche, but I think everyone just needs to go for it. I get so many DMs every single day of people saying, I want to do this, but there's always a but. And you know what? All of their buts are totally valid, but everyone has a but. And it's the people that say, you know, this is going on. My life is crazy right now, but I want to do this. And the but is the reason why they're going to do it. And I just think that if you know deep down that you want to do something that You should just go for it and understand that nobody was just built to be a salon owner. No one was just built to run a company. It's things that every single person has to learn. And you're just as qualified as I am. You're just as qualified as Mackenzie. You're just as qualified as any other person that's running a company. And it's really just like what you do with your time and what you do with the opportunities that you're given. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. I think it's just that mindset of you can literally create the life you want. You just have to believe you can and you have to be tenacious enough to go after it and disciplined enough to stick with the plan. And yes, you might have a day where you're crying in bed to your boyfriend, but <laughs> like you're going to get on the other side of it and it's going to get better and you're going to make it work. And I think it's just having, I agree, that mindset of it, I'm going to make it happen. Totally. And every day you're like one decision. This is something that someone told me recently. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, but every day you're one choice away from a completely different life. 
You know, it's like you could wake up one day and be like, I am opening this salon and your life would be completely different. You could say that I'm moving like no matter what, every single day you're one decision away from a completely different life. And if you're not happy or if you want something, something like most of the time, if you actually think about it, you could completely change it with just one decision. And it might be hard. It's going to be scary because nobody really likes change, but you can literally do whatever you want in this life. And the hardest part, which should be the hardest part for everyone is just figuring out like, what is that? What do I want? And once you have that figured out, like the world is yours. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I feel like that is the perfect way to like end the podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much, Blaze, for spending your time with us and sharing all your knowledge and your story and tell us where we can find you and connect with you. You can, you can connect with us at Lashivo on Instagram. If you ever need me personally, my personal Instagram is at Blaze Lloyd. You can email us at hello at Um, And those are kind of the best ways to connect with me. Thank you awesome. so much for having me on your podcast. I love chatting with you. And I've loved seeing your podcast on Instagram and all the other places. So I can't wait to see it come out. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys in the next episode.